Hey guys, uh, just wanted to let you know, this first episode of the podcast, we had a little bit of audio issues, so it was recorded with one microphone. So Brady may sound a little more distant. But I assure you, uh, at the time of recording this message right now, we have both microphones working and ready to go for episode two. So bear with me through this podcast, but there's some great information and, uh, and some fun stories come out of it. So thank you, and uh, I'll see you in the episode. So welcome to the first episode of the Photo Boy Podcast. You are the first guest. This is Brady Jordan. He's a photographer, videographer, meme lord, uh, a lot of different things. Emphasis on the latter. Yes, the meme lord very much. He will send me memes like every day. <laughs> it is very, very hilarious. Uh, it's like, oh, Brady sent me something. Time to laugh at it. Um, you see the uh, the Great Pyramid one? Yes, that yeah, was hilarious. <laughs> Oh my gosh, the um, best So yeah, show. basically it was this picture of, two, there are these two pyramids in Cairo, and someone put like a post about it, and then someone replied on a thread, dang, they got two Bass Pro Shops. <laughs> you know, like the, the Memphis Bass Pro Shop Pyramid. So, Which I, I believe is what, like the seventh largest pyramid in the world? Yeah, it actually is. That's what's crazy about it. So. <laughs> you know, uh, basketball there was awful. Really? Yeah, I remember because everyone's stadium. Yeah, it was a stadium for, um, uh, not the Grizzlies, but the, the college team over there. And, like, the seating was so crunched that if you're, like, above, like, six foot, like, you were in pain yeah. the entire time. Because, I mean, you got a it's pyramid, pyramid, so it's going to get thinner as it gets higher up. And so... You lose seats at that point. Yes, yes, it's, it's yeah. crunching. So it was never... It was cool. It was a novelty. It was like, hey, we play in a pyramid, but it was not not a good... It's not like, hey, we play in a pyramid. It's like, your arms are crunched. They're like, hey, yeah. we play in a pyramid. Yeah, like it's it, the seating, the entire thing was a fail. Um, but yeah, now it's a Bass Pro Shops, um, which is actually kind of cool. <laughs> yeah. All right, tired, right, so so uh, what all what all work have you been doing? Like what what all interests you that you've done lately that that you've really enjoyed? Not not the boring stuff that you hate, but yeah, there's there's always some of that too. Yeah, well, yeah, <laughs> I mean, God. Um, so I lately, I've been doing a lot of wedding videography, a lot of second shooting wedding videography, but in particular, not the kind of weddings that you would expect. So back in May, I uh, got an Instagram DM from this uh, couple from Georgia. They found me, they're uh, owners of a company and, uh, she reached out to me. Her name's Sarah. And she's like, Hey, you want to shoot a wedding with us in Huntsville? Are you available this week for, you know, second shooter video? Mm -hmm. I'm like, yeah, sure. Um, they asked what I shoot on Canon ADD at the time. Um, Sigma 18 to 35 and so I just rolled up with that expecting you know I'm here at Huntsville Botanical Gardens looking for uh, all the you know traditional like American regalia and all the stuff mm -hmm. you expect at a wedding yeah um, and I walk into this hall and it's just decorated with like tons of elaborate Indian and Hindu stuff and I'm like am I in the wrong place and she's like no you're in the right place I was texting her and they show up and I'm like oh so this is a whole different kind of wedding um, so I ended up getting into um, Indian wedding, but it was right next to New York. I actually went into New York for the day mm -hmm. um, while we were there because you do get some free time, which is cool about it. Um, but you have different shifts. Basically, you start and you cover different aspects of it because they're full of ceremonies and they have tons of different traditions. Yeah, um, very significant culturally important events that occur throughout those days. So we're always there to cover those. But for New Jersey, um, I worked. I think it was two twelve to fourteen hour ones while we were there straight that's like you know we had a little bit of a break like we can eat but we're on our feet running around and it flies by fast um so we had that and then we had a one or two like six hour like briefer ones too but um yeah like largely they start later in the day too so you can get up in the morning go get coffee kind of do whatever and then afternoon it's it's crunch time and it kind of runs late some of it too so it's fun so yeah i've been doing a lot of that um, I've been to, I've been traveling to all the places I've wanted to travel my entire life in the span of like four months, which is nuts. Yeah. Um, I went to New York City, Boston the next weekend after that too, worked one there. Um, got flown over on a small private plane to Atlanta, worked one in South Carolina, drove back, uh, flew back, and then I worked another one, kind of unexpectedly, a little last minute, in uh, Ocala, Florida. Okay. And so that one was a pretty long one too, I was down there for... Four or five days. So you have time to like explore a little bit in between. Yeah, you do. Um, that's the cool thing about it too, is that you have those mornings off, so you're able to go do stuff. Yeah, and it's cool. What, what's your What's your best experience in between? Like, aside from the weddings, you're exploring. Have you had any like, weird experiences, uh, confrontations with people? Um, I, I mean, you mentioned New York, and I've had multiple conversations yeah. or uh, not conversations. Um, uh, uh, 
whatever whatever the word i've ran into people in new york that i did not want to run into <laughs> man new york new york people are are like their own breed but at least they're like nice at heart new jersey people are totally <laughs> new jersey <laughs> i can't stand i had okay there were some people from new jersey that were really nice and one of our our second photographer was for this wedding specifically new jersey was living in new jersey but he wasn't in even like what you would consider a typical new jersey he was from new york who moved to new jersey okay but dude all the native new jerseyans they were horrible <laughs> if you're from new jersey i'm sorry but like legitimately i'm sure you can understand what i'm talking about this this guy from the south comes up and just nothing but unlucky experiences with just total buttholes um <laughs> sounds like you went to the wrong part of new jersey <laughs> uh yeah the whole state no <laughs> No, it was, um, no, it was, it was like, yeah, so basically we were at this venue, right, and I'm the second videographer for this, like I said earlier, so I have people over me that yeah. are managing lights and, like, where to put everything, and we're in the event venue, and I'm over there adjusting the light, and we have a contract for several different clauses with bride and groom, like, they're like, hey, we want you to do what you gotta do, be where you gotta be, and put up whatever kind of gear you need to. Um, we put up an Aperture 300X and pointed it down. For those of you who don't know, that's a really, really freaking bright light. And, and um, for context, Brady is a uh, kind of a gearhead, but also, like, really, like, knows his, like, technical, like, gear, like, technology type of stuff. So he'll talk and he'll say, like, gee, blah, 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 blah. Just, like, if you can figure out if it's a camera or a lens, then you're good to understand what's going on. <laughs> I would rephrase it. If you can figure it out, then you're lucky. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, but we, we had this like really freaking bright light up and the event man- manager keeps walking up and he's like, That's really that's too bright, you know, can you turn that down? And I'm like, Sir, uh it's we need it here. I'll try and dim it down a little bit, but we gotta have some light on the people here, it's super dark. Yeah. And he's like, oh, Okay, okay he goes back. He comes back to me about five minutes later and this is like this is just the manager for the event venue, keep in mind too. He's like, um, Oh, uh, you know, you need to uh, you need to turn the, take that down. Like the bride and groom, uh, his his father, he don't like it. And I told him, uh, sir, I'm just a second video guy. I, I'm not in charge of all this. Just following orders. I yeah. just work here. <laughs> and he, once he, once I said that, that was a mistake because he keyed in on that. Oh no! Yeah, he started coming after me. That guy came back to me a couple different times, being like, "You need to turn that off and all this stuff." And like he was just he was livid. And I'm like, dude, I'm just doing my job. And I finally got to the point where, like, when you're working these weddings, like, you're super, I mean, especially this is how you deal with just anyone in general when you're in, like, a wedding environment working, you're always super nice. It's, even if someone's, like, if, for example, if, like, the bride's mother or something comes up and it's like, we need someone over here, you're like, yes, ma'am. You know, you're super respectful, nice, and all this stuff, because at the end of the day, it's their special day. But um, this guy, I, I was finally, about the fifth time, I'm like, sir, I already told you. I'm, I, we're contracted to be here. I'm not the one in charge of this. I said, if you got a problem, you go talk to him and you get it dealt with. Yeah, I mean, when you're a second shooter, I mean, it, it's nice to be able to just push things off to back. Oh, it was this person. Go, go talk to them. Because you yeah. really, like, you're, you're not the head over this. You're not getting paid as much. You don't get paid to deal with that. No. You need to just send it over to the person who's getting paid to deal with that because... And it's, uh, as someone who shot weddings before, you're going to have some weddings that, uh, that you're going to have to deal with, like either being the wedding planner when they, cause they didn't hire one or yeah. you're going to deal with <laughs> a bride or anyone else in the wedding. It's going to be extremely problematic. Um, it's usually I, the bride's mother. <laughs> I'm sorry, but <laughs> I mean, yeah, I have had that much issues with wedding. I had, I did have one where we had a bridesmaid that was not, uh, I don't know exactly what happened. Um, you know, so I'm not going to judge her and everything, but she disappeared. And I was like, do you want to, do you want me to what, find her and get photos with her? And she's like, no, just do the photos. I'm like, okay, that's great. Like but some people, be like, yeah. we got to wait for her. And then it becomes an hour long thing. You're behind schedule. The sun's going down and everything just goes down here. Of course, that's doing photography. Um, videoing weddings is a lot easier because the photographer pretty much heads everything, and you just video around. Oh yeah, it's super easy. And I, I like I like videoing weddings. I've done two now, I believe. Yeah. Um, and they they were so much fun. Uh, I don't mind that. Videoing is always more of an experience because you can like tell more of a story. It's so much more fun. Yeah, and, and you don't have to be the uh, be the wedding planner because for some reason people just think the photographer is going to be the wedding planner 
And, yeah. But it, that's not true. You you do have to kind of take a little charge to like yes. push them around, keep them on track. But that's not for the sake of like being the master of their schedule. It's for the sake of making sure you have the time and adequate light to get their shots that they yeah. want. Yeah. And I was in a situation where they asked me, "Oh, Sam, can we eat now?" I'm like, "I mean, like, sure. yeah, <laughs> like you need to eat. It's your wedding." Um, no, you haven't had your helpings of uh, you know vegetables. For it's like. <laughs> I know it's crazy. You know, I, going back to like the weird like interactions with people. I think probably my worst interaction while taking photos was with you in Florence, Alabama. Oh, the truck guy. <laughs> the truck guy. Okay, oh, so gosh. we're just walking down the street, taking photos. Brady, as a joke, didn't even change his settings. Right, we were shooting the shade. He turns and shoots a photo of this guy, very bright. He's sitting in the truck, and we, and he, we kind of laughs, keep walking, completely blown out. I even, like, held my hand. I was just kind of like, no, you're good. Yeah. You know, I, I wasn't actually doing anything. Like, it was so chill. And then, yeah. we're so we're walking. We go about a block or two, and we, the truck is following us. Finally, it pulls over. The dude gets out and, like, and almost. This isn't, like, a Ram or, like, a Dodge or a Ford F-150. This is, like, some ratty, beat-up old white Yes. Truck. This is a, a destroyed-looking truck. And yeah. the guy gets out, practically squares up, and is, like, want to know our names and everything like that um and then and brady's like dude like you can't even tell like the photo wasn't actually a good photo like it was completely blown out and so the dude's like well let me see it let me see it and so finally brady's like here here's the photo and he's like oh okay and we're like what the heck dude you're just like you're in broad daylight in downtown where people are always taking photos and you get all like you need to chill out dude and so we take this photo and it's of course shot in raw so we could bring it down and we could actually see his face in the photo so what we do we print them on t-shirts that's what we did and, and put the caption have you seen this man oh yeah we need to explain that and guy. socks too yeah but this guy how have you, have you seen this man the story behind that i found out later that like i found this description there was this guy like wanted for like murder in florence oh it was, was attempted murder because he shot he was driving by a house and shot at it I looked at a photo and it was freaking, it was that guy. It looked exactly like him. If it's not that guy, and Florence is, I mean, we got like what? The Shoals has 72,000 people in it. So like, it's fairly small. Yeah. And that guy looked exactly like the dude that we ran into uh, in downtown Florence. And so, yeah, he got arrested like three days later, right? Yeah. And so at that point, I felt like we needed to celebrate that with something. We needed to commemorate um, his, his mug and his, uh, stupidness you know yeah so it, it was just absolutely hilarious. so i have socks of his face on them and i have a shirt with his face on it because yeah. i mean it just like i mean it was ridiculous the dude was so like if you want to be caught do what he did like get out of your truck where you're hiding yeah. and walk in broad daylight up to us in down a busy downtown like completely dumb i don't know what the guy was thinking <laughs> No, but I mean, yeah, it's you know, it's a, it's a story to tell. It's it is it is quite funny. Have you have you ever, on the contrary, besides criminals, have you ever had a run in with the cops while taking photos? A positive one, actually. Okay. Um, so I was in Birmingham. This was probably 2019. Yeah, it was because it was before COVID. Um, and it was me and my buddy Jared and Sam. We were walking around downtown. Just kind of taking pictures for fun, not really anything like crazy serious. I don't even, I think, yeah, I think it was us two or us three. We were just there walking around, and we see this giant pillow of, pillow of like smoke, like plume of smoke, if that's a word for it. Um, and we're like up on Red Mountain at the time, looking down at the city. Mm-hmm. It's huge. Um, I've heard historically there was a mattress fire or something in Birmingham, like some kind of factory, and that's the only thing that's ah. the size of this. So we went down, right, and it's, if you know where Red Cat is, I think that's the name of the coffee shop. It was, like, right next to Red Cat. I'm yeah. surprised that Red Cat was fine. Um, but it was this law firm building. It was on fire, and it was, like, huge. It's massive. We uh, we walk over seeing, because we're just kind of taking video and picture. I think we're vlogging it, actually, at the time. Um, and we're like, how close can we get to it? And so, you know, like, safely, of course, without, like, interfering with anything or causing issues. And just to take pictures. We have zoom lenses, so we're not, like, Oh, I'm getting a wide-angle shot of this fire, you know? Yeah. Um, so with our 16 millimeters here. Um, but, yeah, no, we, we get right there, and the uh, the firemen are like, Hey, hey, yeah, man, you know, get right here. I'll let you get next to it and get some pictures. So <laughs> we're, like, across the street from the fire, you know, just as one does, um, sitting next to this, like, at this, like, nice hotel, like, or some kind of, like, lounge sitting area outside. 
and we're there and just getting the pictures. And then we are, we're on the way out, right? And the fire department guy um, is he's like, "Hey, can you can you like send me that picture, man?" And we're like, "Yeah." And so um, Jared sent him the picture, and lo and behold, we find out that this picture is now framed and printed at one of the Birmingham fire stations. What? Yeah. That's crazy. They were just super cool, and the cops there were super nice. They let us get, you know, like, where we needed to go to get the picture mm-hmm. for them, and they were they were all super cool. Like, really good experience down there. Um, so it was, yeah, it was fun. I don't think I've ever had a bad run-in with the cops. Um, I've had close calls. Yeah. Because um, in high school, you know, you see abandoned stuff. Urbex is very popular at the time. Oh, yeah. And so that. you go out take photos of abandoned places, and sometimes you're trespassing, sometimes you're not. Um, we had gone to this one place, and I'm not going to say the name because it's really dangerous to go to now, um, and also I don't want to risk getting in trouble. Um, <laughs> so we went to this place. I mean, it's beautiful, like, giant concrete structure. Um, Nuclear power plant, you know, sure. No, it had to do with farming. I'll put it that way. Um, and it was a large concrete structure. We'd gotten it, taken photos and everything. Um, there didn't see any signs. Turns out those signs were there, but other people came and were vandals and threw the signs in the woods and destroyed them. So that's why there weren't any signs. So we're in this uh, this large concrete structure, and we hear a guy yelling at us, like, you better come out right now, and all this stuff. We're like, oh, crap. He's like, I'm about to call the cops. You don't get out of there. So me and, me and Lang freak out, and Lang's like one of my best friends, and uh, we run out of there and come out from the woods where the, the entrance way is and we had a debate on which car to take whether my small kia forte or his pickup truck now his pickup truck happens to have an eagle scout sticker on the back of it the guy was like i was about to call the cops and you know they press charges on people trespassing but you uh i saw your eagle scout sticker and i decided i'd give you a second chance and we're like holy crap if we had taken my <laughs> kia we would have gotten arrested um, and obviously the guy thought we were vandals mm. and we, you know, we showed him like they're, they're just cameras. He's like, you want history? Go to, you know, a graveyard or something. Like, no, everything is history. You can't go into a graveyard after sundown in Alabama. That's a state law. Really? Yeah. That's, or at least I've heard. That's what uh, my parents have well, told the, me before. This is in broad daylight. Oh, okay. I was about to say, I was thinking this is at night. It's no, like, this is broad daylight. Cause like, there's, like, there's no, no trespassing signs. We saw yeah. tons of people go there before. So we thought it was like no one really cared um but yeah the uh, he gave us a second chance but he doesn't understand that history is everywhere and we found this very interesting completely stupid um that the guy would argue that like if you want to know about history go to a graveyard it's like dude yes you can learn about people who were alive previously but you don't just go to a graveyard to learn about history like, you can be like, oh, I'm going to find this specific person's grave, go find it, learn something that way. But just go to a graveyard with your cameras. You'll learn something. No, all I'm going to learn is that you die. <laughs> and I might as well do this other stuff while I'm alive. It was it was crazy. But he, he decided not to call the cops because of that sticker. And that's how we got out of there. Now, did I go back there again at some point? Yes. Yes, I did. <laughs> um, because, like I said, there were no no trespassing signs the entire time. Uh, that I went. I never saw a single one. Um, I do want to get in contact with the owners because I want to see if they'll let me fly a drone in there. In this large concrete structure. I'm not not going to not gonna risk it. Um, in other words, he's going to learn to speak Russian and fly back to Ukraine. What? Was it even... Oh, no. No, it was not... <laughs> Chern- it was not a nuclear power plant. It had to do with farming. <laughs> farming, quote Yes, it was farm. Oh gosh, <laughs> I I don't know what year they stopped using the thing, but it was really neat. Um, so that was I a close I call. I know what you're talking about. I think you've mentioned it before. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I I've definitely told you about it uh, yeah. before, but I mean it it was a really cool spot. Um, I also had another instance where we'd snuck into an abandoned uh bank at some point um in a certain area which i thought there was no no trespassing signs door was completely wide open so like we're like i mean it's sitting right here so let's go in so we went took some cool photos um but then uh it was like pouring rain and a cop car just parked right outside it for no reason it wasn't because we were in there he didn't see us he just happened to park there so we got trapped in this thing 
for hours just waiting for this guy to move. Like, I think as he was waiting for someone to speed or something. I don't know, but he was just chilling. Finally, he left, and we got out and got our cars. Not that I don't think he'd, they'd do anything for what we did because the doors. Like, what are you guys doing in there? Take yeah, all right. Door was unlocked. I mean, uh, but you know, it's not worth the risk of having a cop that will think that you're a vandal or think that you shouldn't be in there. It's just not worth the risk. Um, as no, as good of experiences I've had of cops while taking photos. Um, in multiple different locations. Uh, this it's, it's real scary when you feel like you probably doing something you shouldn't be doing. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so you want to know a really interesting story. It's not as much related to photography. It kind of is. I, I mean, camera. anything. Yeah. It's entertainment. <laughs> so uh, this is a full disclaimer for the sake of, um, yeah, same kind of reason of confidentiality. This is nowhere in the shoals. This is pretty far from the shoals. Um, this is, probably know where anyone would really even know how to pinpoint mm-hmm. um but it's this abandoned church in this place me and a couple buddies this is actually during covid we got okay. so bored that we all just were like hey we've all been cooped up none of us have the virus let's go do something yeah so it was just three of us um including me so we just all went and um we did some light painting a little bit of fun we wrote dinky letters supreme and, and I, I miss. I couldn't write the M correctly, so I wrote Supreme. Oh my the, gosh! How you just missed a hump? Supreme. Supreme. Oh gosh! That photo has aged so fantastically. Um, well, after that, we go. We cross the street. We go to this abandoned church place, and it's like when I say abandoned church, there's no fences. There's nothing. Like there's. It's just straight up wide open. Like you can pull up to it and walk right in. Mm-hmm. and the doors are even just like broken up and we go in there right and we're walking and we hear these like things rustling in the woods the entire time while we're walking <laughs> and we didn't really know what it was we thought it could be something but it was kind of far away so we're like eh, it's all right it'll if it's a coyote or something it'll be mm-hmm. like, whatever we get into the church right we're walking around taking pictures doing stuff and nothing vandalism just pictures walking around looking at stuff full disclaimer when i say doing stuff um, yeah yeah i don't think i've ever committed vandalism yeah it's, it's not worth it. When you go to an area, respect it. Leave no trace. And so yeah, exactly. we kind of went to document, take pictures of it. It was interesting. And we just, all the while, we're inside the church and the windows are busted out, right? So it, it just, it legitimately, it didn't look like it was vandalized as much per se as it was just aged. Like uh-huh. it's a really old church. Parts of the floor were like, he, he probably shouldn't have been in there in all honesty for the safety's sake. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it worked out fine. We kind of stayed in the solid parts toward the door. But, um, we hear this sound getting closer and closer, this rustling. And we're like, what is that? And before we know it, like, it's right outside the church. It's big. Like, I'm talking, this thing sounds, like, huge. Oh, gosh. And it wasn't making any noise like it was afraid of us. We, like, went, ah, you know, and, like, scared it. And it was, like, basically it was, like, a mess. The message was received um, square up. So, <laughs> we... so was this near, like, bear territory? This was, so this was out in, like, the county area. Not okay. this county, a county. Um, yeah. There were some woods around, but there were mostly fields. Oh, interesting. So, yeah, it was, like, really weird. It was, like, farmland in a lot of areas. Hmm. Um, we just hear it right outside the window. And so we all three look at each other. I said, I'm mouth, let's go. And so we go to the door. We quietly make our way to the door. We sprint. Like, we've never <laughs> sprinted before. Like, at this point, we're like, and this is on, this is right off the county road, like I said, so you can just walk up to it. We're running, like, on the road to stay away from <laughs> the woods. We get back to, like, my car, and we peel out of there, like, blaring. I have my high beams on, so I could kind of look and see back what was it past it, and yeah. I never knew what it was. See, uh, have you ever been on ghost hunting before? Yes. I grew, I, up, I grew up in a haunted house. I, so, I mean, I think I did too. But we, I, I was a really crazy ghost story. Um, me, actually, and Andrew and Je- uh, Zebulon, I think is his full name, Zeb, whatever. We went with, um, it was me, uh, Andrew, Zeb, and my brother, Lucas. Yeah. We decided one night, hey, let's go ghost hunting. So As we, one does. Yeah, yeah. And, of course, Andrew has access to, like, some, like, creepy churches. Um, with his work with churches a lot. Where doesn't he have access to? <sighs> yeah. <laughs> but we ended up at this one church that was like, we, out in the middle of nowhere, Lexington. Uh, we ended up at a graveyard. And it was, okay, now listen, this is like textbook super creepy. Um, there was high winds in, the, in these wooded area with a tiny clearing of just like maybe like 30 graves. 
And most of them are baby graves. No, sir. High no, wind. Sir. It's a it's a full moon, so you can see just enough. Um, uh, real creepy. So we explore this thing. So it's such high winds that like it's hard to hear each other. Um, and we go up to some graves, and we feel woozy whenever we get close to one of them specifically. All of us did, and we and we talked about it afterwards. It's real strange. And full disclosure, I don't believe in ghosts, but. This is something I can't explain. Uh, so that happened, and it was real creepy, and there's a church close by to it. So we said, hey, let's go into the church. Um, it's probably, I mean, no bigger in this room. I know podcast people can't hear. It's a small church, but it's about double. This room's about, like, five, seven foot tall and, like, you know, ten feet wide, maybe. Yeah, it's, like, ten by, like, sixteen, I don't know, something like it's that. It's not a big, big room. It's not a big room, so it's about two times that. So about 20 by, well, it's probably about the same width, but the length is a little longer. So it's probably maybe maybe close to 15 by like 30. Mm -hmm. So we're in this very small church, some pews, a piano on the end, and a little pulpit area. And so we're just kind of chilling out and joking around, uh, ghost hunting, you know, like we see on TV, um, which uh, those those are a whole other story, um, how ridiculous those shows are. so we're, um, I think Zeb is sitting down, a couple of you are sitting down, kind of talking to ghosts as a joke. I go up to a piano and I'm like quoting Ghostbusters. I go on the piano, like they hate it when you do this. Paul's right there. When we came in, Andrews took the lock off because it was a padlock that was unlocked. He took it off, closed the door and put the lock on from the inside. So the door's not going anywhere, but super windy. Play. <laughs> They hit it when you do this. The door swings open, which we are so good. And it just slams and it slams. And we're all like, I think Zeb yelled something very profane. And he's like, oh. And we all just, we sprinted out of that thing and just kept going and just stopped the cars. And just like, we just were like, holy crap. What just happened? Because Andrew knows he stuck the lock on from the inside with it unlocked. So there's no way the door could have swung open. Now, maybe he missed the part of the door when he put the lock on. Maybe, I don't know. But it was the one of the scariest moments I've had in, in a very, very long time. I still remember to this day. Um, oh, Jesus, so freaky. Um, it was almost freaky as um, we were in a, me and my friend David were in an abandoned school. And we walk around the corner in the hallway and there's just a, a baby doll dressed like Satan sitting in the hallway and like our stomachs dropped when we saw it. We're like, Oh, this is freaky. (laughs) Fast times at uh, Brooks high school. That was not Brooks high school. (laughs) (laughs) Don't DOS me. I'm scared. Or dox me. DOS. Don't DOS me. Like like Microsoft. Uh, Yeah. DDoS. That's what I was looking for. Uh, Just Google his name over and over again. Stop it. Stop. No. Uh, but no, it was, I mean, it was freaky. Um, yeah, like, jeez. So, uh, so you said you've been ghost hunting? Is that right? Yeah, not like, nothing crazy has ever happened, happened. Other than that, like, weird experience in a church. But I grew up, I found this out very recently. And I, ex- I understand exactly why my parents never told me about it, because I was a kid. <laughs> and my grandmother told me about this the other day. And I just, like, hearing about it, it all clicked, because I had all these weird experiences when I was a kid. Um, like, so for example, there would be like bangs and stuff around the house every once in a while. And this one time, I remember this clear as day. It was freaking freaky. Mm-hmm. Um, white figure, like I could have swore I see in my door frame, just looking yeah. at me. And like, it's a small room, probably smaller than this. Um, where we're at, which again, you said it's like 10, 16, like it's probably half that. Yeah. My childhood room. Um, and we're there, right? And it... I, I saw that, and then this one time, I'm just sitting there in my bed, like, watching TV, right? And this big, like, white thing, I never understood what it was. It looked like a lanyard or a hand or something. just came up and slapped the top of my bed, like, over it. Like, it was Scared me to death. Like, I literally, I vividly remember that night. I did not move. I did not get down. I didn't go do anything. Did you I, freeze? Did you just yes. freeze? And I fell asleep like that. I was like seven. I was horrified. That might be the same situation I had growing up. Um, 
I, uh, I, on a regular basis, I'd lay in bed. I'd be just, I just, I couldn't move at all because I was freaked out because I'd be looking out my door and there's these shadow figures walking around in the hallway. Yeah. Multiple shadow figures all over the place. And I just could not move. I was petrified. I just froze. And this happened a lot when I was a kid. Then in high school, in class, I learned what sleep paralysis was. Yeah. And I was like, holy crap. It sounds like that, right? Yeah, like, I was like, I could have easily had sleep paralysis when I was a kid and just didn't know what it was. Yeah. Because, I mean, like, I legit, I couldn't move at all. I tried to move. I tried to sit up. I couldn't. I was just, I laid there and I'd fall asleep like that. This wasn't that, though. I was fully, like, I was getting up. I, like, went to get up to go get something and that thing, like, slapped my bed when I got up. And I found out later that, like, my parents' stuff had been happening, people had been around, and my mom told me when I was a kid that, or not my, well, she told my grandmother, grandma told me, that I basically, like, we pulled into the driveway. We moved to Georgia for a little bit when I was a kid, because um, mm-hmm. my dad took a job over there. And so when we moved back to where we were from, this house, we roll up, and I'm like, hey, look, there's that lady that lives here. And I'm pointing at nothing. Just nothing. That's a free. And now that I rem- I actually remembered like deep deep core memory here, some like older lady pouring a kettle on like the side of our house right there, and weird. My grandmother tells me, oh yeah, it that house was so haunted. Your cousin was there once, and there were just boots clattering through the hall. And on top of that, we found out later. This is after I told her, like you know, hey, I could have swore I think it was this old lady there. Yeah, this old lady and this man were like a... There was a farmhouse there before, years mm-hmm. and years ago. And the house was built on farmland. And so she's like, yeah, this is them. And I'm like, well, crap, that lines up. <laughs> and like a ton of just crazy stuff happened. After we moved out of there, my cousin and my aunt moved in. And this is like my childhood house. I grew, I lived there for like nine, ten years. Yeah. I moved in 09. Um, and my cousin, my little cousin, she's like exactly ten years to the day younger than me. She lives like talking to random people no one all the time apparently it's it's really freaky i had a lot of weird experiences in that house and i know i always just kind of thought i was probably just my overactive imagination but i find this out like two or three days ago yeah hey hey, that house was straight up she told me she didn't say it might be she said no that house was straight up on it the weird things that connect from your childhood for the new information you get is so weird so you you're so like not in the know, and then you yeah. find out this other stuff. It's like whoa, that's freaky. Um, back to um, uh, yeah. photography and all that stuff. That was a fun segue, though. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, we take pictures of ghosts all the time. It's yeah, yeah, all the time. Trans- full transparency. I would take for two just two seconds to say this. Um, the ghost hunting shows. It's hilarious because they hear things in English all the time, and they'll be in places where no one spoke English. Yeah. Absolutely <laughs> hilarious. It's like. I'm going to get her like, help, help me. But yet, are you telling me this ghost is in Ireland in a, in an area where they never spoke pure English. They spoke Irish. You're telling me that, that that ghost said, help me like, no, no, it was in Irish. Maybe he got a free subscription to Duolingo. Maybe. Which brings me to our sponsor. No, I'm just kidding. No, no, we're not. We're not sponsored. We're not that big yet. Uh, <laughs> Um, so, uh, I was DMing the Canon, uh, Instagram account today. They were DMing me. That's what? Yeah. Why? Canon USA. Uh, I tagged them in a post with my camera. I said, a clean USR next to my coffee. They slid up and they said, a clean camera's a happy camera. And I started a little DM thread and I was messaging. Interesting. I slid into Canon USA's DM. <laughs> <laughs> they're cool. No, it's, they're, whoever runs their Instagram account, uh, props. Yeah. They, they're really cool interacting customers. So, what initially got you into photography? So, I, Laura, I didn't remember this until I got my uh, R5 the other day. I have a Canon R5. Like, I've only had it since Tuesday. I shot with an R before that. But, um, I was there picking it up, and I remembered my family had this little 2-megapixel Olympus camera. It was fixed lens, everything, like, but it was sort of shaped like you'd expect a medium format to be, but it wasn't. Okay. So, it was old as the hills. I would go out there, take pictures of the street, and I'm like maybe eight, seven at the time, and I took pictures of this house across from us, right? It's cool looking. Um, I would go in there. I would demolish the photo. I would saturate everything. Oh, no. It was so bad. It was like that Reddit thread about bad HDR. That was music. Yeah. That... <laughs> and I, had, I was in this trend for years, too. I had like, I got an iPhone, iPad. I always loved taking pictures. 
I loved editing pictures though. I just absolutely loved ruining the crap out of photos. I made everything <laughs> so saturated and colorful. And it looked like total crap. I mean, I, I've been there. Um, I, I grew up uh, the son of a, a – he used to be an ex-professional photographer. And then you know his dad, my granddad, did photography all over the place, took cameras to the, Olympi- uh, to the Olympics. Uh, and not the Olympus. He, not the Olympus, no. No, I, I don't think he ever owned an Olympus. <laughs> he took a K-1000 to like the Olympics. Um, all over the world, they did a lot of traveling. Um, so, like, I, I'm pretty much I'm a third generation photographer. So, I grew up with a camera. Like, my first camera was a little Sony CyberShot. I still have it. It is a eight megapixel camera. We shot videos on it. We shot photography on it. Um, and then I just always did it. And then, of course, I was going to be an engineer. And then I was like, Nah, I want to be in poverty. So I decided I would pick up photography. So it's kind of like it ran the family. It was like I was set up to do this. Um, That's funny because I was in a very similar situation with that too. I uh, picked up the camera. I picked up a Nikon D33 or D90. Shot with that for a while when I was 14. And then I got a D3300. And I shot Nikon for like maybe a year. Like, and I say a year. I shot off and on. Like not consistent at all. Once every couple months. I had a really nice selection of glass for it though. And everything. I had all these 35s, mm-hmm. 50s. Um, I had some nice lenses. And I ended up selling that to a buddy because I got into video and I bought a Canon. Um, and I got a Canon T7i. I bought it new in 2017. Um, I had that camera until this year. Nice. I loved that thing to death. It got me so far, got me where I needed to go. Um, I just, I really learned, I relearned photography and like manual and like just, you know, knowing a camera and like how to take images with the back of your hand kind of deal. I did that with this group of people. We would get up every Saturday morning and go take pictures at Sunrise in Huntsville. And that, you know, we all collaborated, taught each other things. Uh, bits of it, some of us would get new gear. We kind of learned, like, what we needed to upgrade to and what we needed to upgrade and what we didn't. From all that, we just learned so much from each other. I still message this group chat a lot to this day, too. Do you, uh, do you have um, – I, I have a couple things I did in your era of not knowing what the crap you were doing. Like. Um, I'm talking, like, young, like you're a kid, kid. Yeah. Yeah. Um, do you have anything that you still stand by? Stand by. Like, is it like a, a photo or a video that you're like, that was actually really good? Like that I made? Yeah, yeah. Because um, I yes. can think of one, a couple, but like one specifically. So I did some cool photos with my iPhone 5. Um, with I shot it in HDR. Those are cool. But what really stands out to me, the first time I used Premiere. Mm-hmm. Um, this is when I knew I wanted to do online video and YouTube and stuff. And I still do that, but it's kind of a passion project on the side. Well, I have this main contracting business that I work for right now all over. Um, but the um, I made this video. I got these this Warby Parker. They have this thing called the Home Triumph Kit. You pick seven frames and you get seven days. I think it might be five now. Um, things have changed for free to try out those days and see which ones you like. So I did that, and I'm actually wearing one of those frames to this day now not the same ones but like the kind that i picked yeah um i made a video review of my time with the Tryon kit and i explained it and everything i did all that and put it out and it oh my gosh i gotta show you it's it's still on Clipplay tv if you want to watch it c-l-i-p-p-l-a-y what how old were you when you did this i was like 16 oh, okay Oh, yeah, that's 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 a little bit into the, like the knowing era. Yeah, it wasn't at the same time though, because I was wanting yeah. to be in uh, software engineering major still. Yeah, I was dead set on that for about until about uh, junior year of yeah. high school. But I um I did that, and that's part of what convinced me to do what I'm doing now. I shot this video first time I'd ever used Premiere. It's just a freaking masterpiece. Like I still yeah. watch it back, and the way I timed it to the music added like all these retro effects to it here and there. Like, I honestly feel like sometimes some of the videos I make today don't live up to that kind of character. Yeah. And so, yeah, I did that, and it did really well. I got, like, a couple thousand views. I think it's at somewhere around 10 now, though. Um, not bad. And it got featured on a couple glasses review websites. And lo and behold, this I, I don't know, and I probably never will know, if this was the case. But I mentioned in that video that I was a huge fan of the tortoise color Warby Parkers mm-hmm. and the crystal color. Warby Parkers, and I interacted with their Instagram account a lot at the time after I made that video because I thought they were just really cool, cool company, and you know, it's I, I was tired of paying like 300 bucks for Ray-Bans, <laughs> um, and so I, lo and behold, these frames pop up, like, 
three, four months later, called Brady in Tortoise. Nice! That is awesome! Yeah. That, that's really cool. Um, I, I was on a live once. Um, I was messaging, or I've messaged too. I've messaged their founder a couple times, uh, Neil Blumenthal. I, not enough to, like he would remember me by name. Or yeah. Anything, but like I, I kind of like interact with. But you have your own glasses frames. Are they still up? Maybe. Yeah, and uh, yeah, they are. But I don't know if I do. I'm pretty sure I do. But it's kind of like a weird memory that like is kind of fuzzy. Yeah, like I, I know it's still up, but like yeah, it's it's just like. I don't want to be like cocky and be like, oh yeah, those are mine. But they came out three months after my video, and they were in Tortoise and Crystal. I mean, hey, own it. Just own it. They're my glasses. Yes, they're, they're your glasses. glasses. Uh, so, nah, I asked that because I mean, I when I was oh geez, spelled the same too by the way. B R E D Y. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I'm just gonna, yeah, those are definitely yeah. yours. Uh, there's um, I did a video on my old 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 youtube channel way back in the day i was maybe nine i think yeah uh so she was yeah i think i was about no no i was yeah no i know i was nine ten around there i had a sony cyber shot like i said um i shot a video where my friend joe was fighting a monster and i stood in front of the lens and he stood way in the background and we shot it low enough to where the ground was compressed to where it, just, it was a thin line. So it looked like we were on the same plane. And I kicked him and we timed it perfectly. Then I kicked him over. when I'm this giant, massive person. I need to find this video. Um, and the, the, the technique and everything was actually there. And it came out really good. Obviously, the story wasn't... There was no story whatsoever. It was just... It was almost like a proof of concept. We had just multiple occasions where we used scale and like distance perception whatever perspective whatever uh, that they did for like the hobbit and stuff uh, multiple occasions we did that and it all worked out really well um which i'm surprised at because i didn't know what the crap i was doing <laughs> which that, that that happened a lot that's that's one one thing that's the thing i stand by heavily from like the dark ages of me not knowing what i was doing um some of the best things creations you ever make are accidents a hundred percent. My the my award winning photo, the one that toured like the state, completely like I didn't know what I was doing. I shot in JPEG, like I, but it's a great photo, and uh, and it won awards. People love it. Uh, and so it's still some of my favorite photos of this day. And I shot those in twenty sixteen, so that was like when I first got a camera. Um, I know it was close to a year of having a camera, but I never really knew what the heck I was doing. So I mean it's. It's crazy all those accents you have that like actually like turn out to be great. Yeah. Great shots. Um, and uh, we're probably gonna wrap up in a minute. Um, so so what do you so what is your next? So you're working for contract with a studio. I'm contracted. They're one of the people I work with. Okay. So I I mentioned earlier kind of like contracting business, quote unquote. Um, right now I'm a sole proprietor contractor for okay. photo, video, social media, pretty much anyone that wants to hire me. Um, and yeah, one of my clients I'm contracted in is a social media director at a, a marketing agency here in town, video agency. Um, okay. And yeah, so I'm doing social media for them, video, BTS, photo here and there. It's great. I really love it. I want to do more with them because um, I'm also a senior in college. And mm -hmm. so life, life is insane for me because like I'm <laughs> traveling all over the, the freaking You do country. more things than any senior I know. It's a lot. It's hard. Um, <laughs> It's not so. I also work at the uh, student paper. I'm the social media guy for them too, and then I've got my contracting business, and then I'm also with that marketing agency. Mm -hmm. So I have basically three jobs, and 15 credit hours this past fall. So what's next after you graduate? Um, honestly, at this point, I all signs are pointing to moving the heck away very far. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, no offense to the shoal. But like, yeah, I've, I've gotten a lot of work from Atlanta recently, and Atlanta stuff pays very well, very, very well, mm. um, and they fly over and cover expenses, and on top of that, I've just, it, the video industry in general is much more suitable over there, and the cool thing is, too, there's like an airline in town that you can go to Atlanta for like super cheap. Um, yeah. Hi, Siri. <laughs> Um, Dude, my Google does that randomly. Yeah. I yelled at Caitlin. I was like, I need to get a haircut soon. And then Google's like, here's some barbers close by. I'm like, what? I never said what? Here are some barbers close by. Um, yeah. 
Yeah, so like I'm I'm looking more into that market more so than staying local just for the sake of I have a lot of work over there. But, you know, like if someone like this marketing agency, because they, they fly people all over all the time. Like mm-hmm. If they ever need somebody for something, like I would 100%. Um, if I'm wanting to do contracting full time, by the way, disclosure with that. Um, okay. So I'd be full time freelance, but you can. I mean, I know people in Atlanta that like they've told me it's it's not that hard to make six figures in yeah. doing video contracting over there. Um, obviously, probably not right away, but you can work up to that. Um, I have heard it doesn't take too long though if you play your cards right. So I would love to kind of pursue that for a while, but. You know, if someone like that agency in town here ever needs somebody, I would drop anything in a hat and fly over. Yeah. Because, I mean, you know, stuff like that, what I'm doing is a very global, a very portable um, commodity. It's very needed, and it's very easily, like, you can pick me up and move me there, and I'll have my R5, my 24-7D, and everything I need. Yeah. And as of right now, like, I mean, flying to Atlanta, I mean, that's a quick flight. About I mean, 30 minutes. Right yeah, now. I mean, it's like, it's like five hours driving. Yeah. So, I mean, flying is just I astronomically faster. Oh, yeah. It's, it's nuts, man. I literally, um, like, so the airline we're in town here is called a Boutique Air. Um, boutique Air is basically like these tiny little private planes. And, like, I didn't know for sure. I was like, I don't want to call it a private plane or anything like that. But I looked on their website. It says, fly private for the cost of commercial. Yeah. Um, so it's, like, actually a private jet, basically. Tiny. Which and, you had sent me a Snapchat that was, like... Uh, some it was something around like private plane. I'm like, that's definitely a private plane. Yeah, because the seats were backwards, and they're not allowed to do that in commercial. Yes, exactly. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, yeah. I yeah. told you because uh, when I was a kid, I flew back from Los Angeles flying backwards, which now that's outlawed in commercial flight. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, FAA safety stuff. Whatever. Yeah, safety. Yeah, like what? <laughs> Please, safety. I safety think. Dirt. I mean, think about this. Like, you have these carnies, you know, carnivals that come to town. If one person died every year, that would make it really exciting. Like, are, am I going to be the one? It's that anxiety, like yeah, being on yeah. a roller coaster. Like, am I going to be the one that dies this year? It's, it's the rush, you know? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so... Um, um, yeah, so it's it's Boutique Air, though. Um, I literally, I had a wedding in South Carolina. They messaged me, and they're like, hey, can we contract you out for this for the weekend? You know, it's like this coming weekend. And I'm like, like, hey, can you drive to Atlanta that day, and we'll drive you the rest of the way. I was like... And they said, your travel budget is $200. I'm like, actually, I don't really want to drive. Here's a flight for 96 bucks. I don't know how good it's going to be, but it'll get me there, take me the rest of the way, and it'll take me back. Yeah. I would have just driven, but like, I saw that option, and I'm like, I actually don't really want to drive if that's available. Yeah. And so I tried it, and they're like, you know, they're cool with it, and I tried it out. And sure enough, it's this private plane with two, three other people on yeah. the plane and they take us there and back and it was super chill got off and on and like it was yeah it was yeah. super quick boutique air is awesome it's um, amazing it's, it's a great asset especially in the area we're at which yeah. uh, for everyone who probably hasn't looked at a map Florence is about uh, two and a half hours from Nashville about five hours from Atlanta it's the top left section of Alabama so we're in between a bunch of big cities this is an amazing location. Yeah, it's like it's right in between everything. It's perfect for anyone who doesn't want to live in a big city but would love to visit big cities. Yeah, the Shoals is great. And like, as someone who's looking to move away when I graduate, it's not because I have any issues with the Shoals. I love this area. Like, it's a great place to like live and you know do what you want to do. Um, but the market in other areas, like that's actually one of the benefits I've found of the Shoals too. There are people. Who commute from the Shoals to certain places? Yeah. It's, I mean, it sounds like a lot, you know, two hours, but when you're making big money in big city markets and coming back to a house that's like 50s, 80,000 a year, or not a year, like total. Cost yeah, house. because the houses here are, I mean, of course, right now everything's overblown, but yeah, the right. houses around here are really cheap. Cost, cost of living, living is so low here. Yeah. I mean, I have a friend of mine, I told her how much I was paying for my house. And she's like, you can't get anything where I'm at. Of course, she's in Oakland, so like, you know, yeah. their housing market is complete trash. Uh, but for, for how much I'm paying, she's like, you do literally nothing on the market for that much. Yeah, and it's crazy. My rent right here is, I mean, it's lower. It's about half the national average. Yeah, no, and it's great. You're never gonna find that anywhere else. Yeah, I've already figured out. You know, like it balances out with you know stuff like what I'm doing because you get paid so well there like with cost of living but like my rent's not gonna ever be this cheap again in my life yeah yeah so it's yeah i'm looking to move off 
I really, honestly, I went to Savannah for a week, Savannah, Georgia, um, on vacation. I really liked it there. I, I don't know what kind of opportunities to be around there, but like it just kind of opened my horizons to I could go full-time contracting somewhere like Atlanta and like you know be able to fly somewhere like a shoal super quick if they need something or yeah. fly around. Or I could go get a job somewhere coastal like Savannah. You know, I have a lot of options. I'm just looking to go to these markets that I've had work in, basically, at this point, and kind of expand on that. I want to do what I'm doing now, but full-time. Yeah. Now, um, a couple last questions. Um, What, so, as every artist is, um, you get into a funk where, like, you just don't, you're not motivated to create art. And stuff like that, um, and I'm talking like doing something for you, not a project for work. Yeah. Um, how how do you break through that typically? Do you usually have a process to break through that? Do you go on a trip? Do you do you take a break? Do you uh, what what do you do to break through that, or do you just wait it out? What do you do? That's a tricky question. Um, yeah, honestly, travel is a huge part, a core of like who I am, and so when I have issues with like a funk or something like that. I'll book an Airbnb, cheap one, and go to another city. And that's the beauty of this kind of thing, too. Like, you're not rooted where you work as a contractor, so I could go find work in, like, Chattanooga, Nashville. Yeah. Weekend and just get an Airbnb, and, I mean, that gig will probably pay for the whole cost of that. Um, so with my field, yeah, like, creativity, I take advantage of that ability of networking, and I go to other places. I get, like, an Airbnb. I kind of live like a local Mm-hmm. Um, I get in touch with other people around there too, you know, creatives, and I really, I, it's, it's funny, like the simple, very, very simplified version is, I leave. <laughs> um, Just get out. Yeah, no, I go somewhere else, and like that always puts you in a different headspace. That's why a lot of people like the Shoals that aren't from here, because they come here to get inspiration. So I like to go other places. I mean, Taylor Swift was reportedly here a couple months ago. I mean, everyone comes yeah, here. It's crazy. Um, it's, I mean, we got like the hit recording capital of the world. Um, when people recognize you, they just say hi, and that's kind of it. Yeah. Uh, they don't really get bothered. Like the Backstreet Boys, I ran into one at, at Rivertown Coffee, and it was just like, hey, you I ran just. Into the Backstreet Boys. Yeah. And I was like, hey, man, I just. I used to listen to your music when I was a kid a lot. Um, you know, it's not my, you know, deal, but like, you know, the, yeah. you're doing awesome, man. Hey, I, I know who you are. You're, you're, I don't like your music, but you're cool. Well, no, I didn't say that. <laughs> yeah. I, I just almost like, you know, I used to listen to your music a lot. and uh, Please tell me you ended the conversation with. Anyways, bye, bye, bye. Oh, gosh. <laughs> Wait, is that? Oh, is that Justin Timberlake? That, that is NSYNC. <laughs> Wait! <laughs> Ooh, I'm going to explode. Uh I may have been born in 1999, but I'm not exactly a 90s kid. <laughs> no, definitely not. I grew up listening to Backstreet Boys. I, I definitely, I definitely fit in that category. Uh, <laughs> oh gosh. Um, but uh, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. So they they come here and, and it's it's great. I mean, none of them. They they love like just being able to chill and no one really bothers them that much. But I told him I was like, you know, he was great. Help, you know, it was it was great. He really shaped my my music interest over the years um to where now i mean now i listen to rock and punk rock and stuff but uh you know pop will always have a place uh on certain days or certain moods um sometimes you just need to listen to doja cat doja cat okay okay she's got a couple (laughs) good songs uh uh, but you know you know she's she's no ariana grande let's be clear Uh, uh, uh. um Uh, uh, oh, what's the last question? I, I, you know, I didn't prepare for this. This is the first episode. We're running on fumes. <laughs> I don't feel like, man, I could keep talking for hours. No, no, I'm <laughs> not running on fumes. I mean, this podcast is. I'm an Multiple... extrovert fueled on caffeine. That's very dangerous. Uh, yeah, well, I'm an extrovert. <laughs> also fueled on caffeine, yeah, because cause yeah. we got coffee. Um, uh, <laughs> flying them drones. Uh, we, today we went out and we, we flew a ton of, just a ton of drone footage over the river. Um, it was a lot of fun. We really let those drones loose, see how fast they could go. Yeah, he has. So I sold uh, him like my Mavic Air like three weeks ago. I got like a crazy deal in Atlanta of all places on a Mavic 2 Pro. And so I kind of got the bigger one just for the sake of like the hassle by camera. And like I'm just kind of running around a lot now. So I sold him uh, my Air, my Mavic Air. He's got a lot of use out of it. And so we both had our drones there, like both of them side by side, just flying them around, trying stuff, comparing. They're not far off. And the, the like interesting thing his drone is like actually faster than my drone. It reached a top speed that was like way more. Yeah, yours was yours topped out at what? That's 37? 30. No, it's 34. 
Wait. It was 33.4. Yeah. Yours topped, and in mine, um, topped out at like 39. <laughs> yeah. My, my drone is, that drone is so fast, because it's so small. Oh, yeah. The air is like, the original air is like nothing. And it's so small. And if you fly with the wind, you can easily hit 40. And the camera system is really good in the original air, too. Mm-hmm. It's better than the Mavic Pro 1, which is a big reason I initially bought it. It was such a good value. And it also, it's like a $400 drone. So, it's really small too. Yeah, so like if it crashes, like it's not the end of the world. Yeah, four hundred dollars. It's yeah. not like you're out fifteen. And you know, but it's great how small it is because I I literally have it in a little like Lemans bag and it's like everything's all the accessories are in with it. Like yeah. it's it fits so well. Uh, but yeah, no, it's it's a great little drone. Um, having fun doing drone photography. Um, if you were to choose one type of photography to do for the rest of your life. What would it be? Portraits. Portraits? 100%. Why? I learned on portraits. I love capturing the character of people. I love meeting people. And okay. Just like a, my love for people and just like meeting new people in new situations and environments has always fueled photography. I mm-hmm. learned, I mean, yeah, I took photos of like landscapes when I was a little kid, but like where I really found my passion for it and creativity in general was doing portraits of people. Okay. Because it's fun. Like you get to hang out with someone for a bit and just take pictures and you know, sometimes it's like a big group of people and like, it's just, it's cool. You're all there. You have a mutual bond of something. And you're always, when you're doing photo and portraits, you're always going to have something to talk about when you meet people. Yeah. It's, you never don't, I mean, like, it's interesting. And it's always a part of your core personality at the end of the day. Even if it's not like a big, big part of your life, it's, hey, I take cool pictures. Mm-hmm. Look at this. So, yeah, it's really neat. Um, yeah, it's, it's, I mean, it's really cool. Um, I'll... Yeah, I'll give my credentials, too, if you guys want to give me a follow-up. Um, my Instagram is our... Wait, wait, wait. Let me get to my last question. Yeah, yeah. Where can we find you? Where can we find you? <laughs> yeah, I didn't know how we were... Where going. can we buy your merch? I actually have... I'm wearing one right now. Yes, I know. It's Adidas, <laughs> too. Or yeah. Adidas for you uh, Brits over there. Adidas. Adidas. Um, yeah, so my Instagram, it's, it's probably my most... Well, it's not my most populated. I've got more on TikTok, but... Instagrams that I put the most focus on. Um, my Instagram account is at rbradyjordan. That's at r-b-r-a-d-y-j-o-r-d-a-n. Um, my TikTok is the same. Um, I said it's not my biggest one because I have like 55K on TikTok, which is interesting. Um, it Viral video. Freaking Zoomer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I have like 5K on Instagram, so it's cool. I don't like look at follower counts as a big I just kind of do it. I've stopped looking at it now that I have a job. Like it doesn't matter. I mean, at the end of the day, you just do what matters the most to you. Yeah. I like it from the aspect of, I do get like exposure to new kinds of people that I can like interact with and that's cool. But, and you know, sometimes people are like, Oh, that's neat. You've got a lot of followers. I'm like, yeah, you know, it's not like a big, big thing. Cause like, if you let that be your value, then your value is going to be very high. Dude, I did photos with this girl. Um, one, my, I did photos with my ex boss. And one of her best friends so with lightsabers. Technically, you said your ex. Ex boss, <laughs> an ex, yes, but not ex in a romantic sense. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, and she brought her her friend did like makeup and stuff, mm-hmm. and he just took pictures of lightsabers, which you can see on my Instagram. And turns out this girl was like TikTok famous. I didn't know millions of followers on TikTok, about hundreds of thousands of followers What's on Instagram. Uh, uh, it's uh, Joanna something, but she does like makeup and makeup stuff. Oh yeah, and it's she's huge. Um, and I had no idea. Someone's like, I she had posted the photos I took and tagged me. Um, I started getting a bunch of followers. I'm like, oh my gosh, what? Like I click on her post, and she's got like twenty thousand likes on her photo. I'm like, what? Yeah. <laughs> Did not expect it. Did not. That's the crazy thing with online media. Um, another reason you shouldn't worry about your follower account is if you're out there doing what you love and making cool stuff and just like always networking and like, you know, like making friends with new people. I mean, all that's just kind of a part of it. Like, if it doesn't matter too if it is, but like if you want to get exposure for your work. It's going to come over time with you getting out there and putting yourself out there. Like, networking is so important. Yeah, and, of course, important. you know this because you're, like, the networking – one of the networking gods of this area when it comes to photography and film. Um, 
it it's so important that I see people who HDR their photos so bad it hurts to look at, but everyone loves it because they're like, this guy's he's really cool. Look at his photography. It's like HDR the crap out of a photo, but if you know the right people, it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. And so it's it's crazy. Um, that's with that being said, obviously you you want to make sure you make good art. But like networking is such a big part of it that you could be a bad photographer and still get a lot of work. Oh yeah, and like the age of, I would argue, yes, it's still around, but by and large, the age of the starving artist is kind of wavering out. I mean, yeah. with the online economy, e-commerce, platforms like TikTok, a bunch of other stuff, um, there's more and more opportunity to make like a living with art than there's ever been, I would argue, in human history. Oh, 100%. And look at all, all the different artists from years past, before yeah. the technological uh, revolution. Um, they're all, none of them really were famous until they died. Every single time. Now you look at, you know, the, the most, arguably the most popular, um, has made the most money in, ever in human history, Beeple. is a guy that makes digital art, does it every single day. Now some of it, is not safe for work art, but it's all CG, she, um, uh, CGI renders, um, and he sells them for like millions and millions of dollars. NFTs? Yes, NFTs, which I think are the dumbest crap I've ever heard of in my entire <laughs> life, but they're they're big right now. Um, and so Beeple has made so much money, and he's obviously, he's living, he's still doing it every single day. I think his Instagram's like Beeple crap. <laughs> every day he posts something. First you said freaking Zoomer, and now you're railing against NFTs. No, listen, okay, listen. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think no, I, no. NFTs, it's great for the artist. Um, but I, I just, me personally, I like physical things. I mean, as you can see, I have, you know, all these video games and, and movies in my closet. I don't really, I don't buy digital items. Yeah, it doesn't feel like there's a point to it. No, it, it doesn't be, feel like I own it. I think it that's my be issue. cool to make money off of it, but I, yes. I don't. That's part of the problem with it, though. Like, if you don't have value in it, then how can you sell it to others if you don't personally value it? Exactly. That's the tricky part of it. And I've been wanting to mint some NFT stuff because that'd be it'd be fun to do. It'd be interesting to do and see where it goes. Oh yeah, it's like why not? And if it blows up, then like you're you know you're golden, baby. Buy ten million Shiba coin like me. Hey, if Shiba coin <laughs> ever goes to the moon, you you know who to call. <laughs> oh my gosh. Uh, I'm in a little bit into crypto and blockchain stuff and like cryptocurrency. It's it's interesting. Yeah, I mean it's it's cool. I mean if I sold a piece, I'd like to sell a physical copy on top of it. Yeah. Uh, because I mean it just feels weird to sell people digital art and that's it. Definitely. Uh, but yeah, I mean, My a head. lot of artists you know these days are alive and they're making tons of money off of NFTs and digital uh, marketing to sell prints. I mean it's crazy. Oh, and yeah. I don't care if this podcast is going way too long. It's okay. It's fine. It's the first one. Um, it's the first one. It's you can always fine. cut bits of it, too. Yeah, I might cut a little bit of a ghost hunting one. Yeah. Um, yeah, going off of all that, um, my Instagram is rbradyjordan. So is my TikTok. My YouTube channel, which is the hat logo I'm wearing right now, and it has my business card logo on it, too. It's Clip Play TV. C-L-I-P-P-L-A-Y-T-V. I make... Um, videos about affordable tech, getting the most out of your value with different products, um, and it's also just overall technology and entertainment content. I have a lot of videos about photography, actually, I've shot in the pipeline I'm working on editing now, too. So, Peter McKinnon wannabe? <laughs> I'm just kidding. I can't stand Peter McKinnon. Well, that's my problem with, like, YouTube in general. Not like Peter McKinnon, but my, I love Peter McKinnon, honestly, though, because like, <sighs> he's, he's the big reason I bought the R5 this week. He's um, he's more of like the. My problem with YouTube, though, to clarify, is that maybe I'm a, everybody maybe I'm a emulates bit. someone else. People yes, like Peter McKinnon, very much. Oh yeah, people like Peter McKinnon succeed because they're unique. And like, yeah, now it's been overdone a lot at this point, kind of. But yeah, it originally, initially, there wasn't the reason he's done so well. There wasn't a Peter McKinnon. Yeah, and take like, uh, do you know who Nakey Jakey is? Sounds familiar. He does a lot of retro game, like um, almost little documentary things that yeah. are just fun. And he, he sits on a yoga ball. His writing is brilliant. And he just does a green screen with him sitting on a yoga ball talking about different things. He did one on like piracy. He did one on um, on games that should uh, procreate. Games which, that should procreate. It's actually called Games That Would Bang. But it's really yeah. funny. 
and uh and he's Can't absolutely brilliant divorce court, <laughs> <laughs> but you know into his career on youtube uh which y'all should check him out uh suddenly all these other reviewers are coming out with stuff written almost trying to copy him mm-hmm. constantly and then it's like and he he had quit for a while and he finally he's coming back and thankfully all the copycats had died down but it was it's crazy how one person gets successful and it's like bam 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 I mean, I've done it before. I did game reviews one time that were just comedy because I like JonTron. Yeah. Of course, JonTron has now uh, gone a little off the rails uh, about four years ago, and then it's kind of like hasn't recovered since. But, uh, but um, I mean, it, it's it's real interesting uh, how YouTube. There's different waves. I have like my own unique style, and I think that's the reason my my channel's monetized. Yeah. And I've got like collectively half a million views. So. Overall, I think the reason I've done so well on all of my platforms is because I stopped trying to emulate and I started trying to create yeah. my own like style. I mean, you just it's so cliche, I know, but you just have to authentically be who you are and translate that to I want to make a video about this. You don't be like, "Oh, well, I don't really like that, but you know, I, I won't say anything about it cuz I don't like it." No. If you don't like a thing, you're like, "You know what, guys? I think this is stupid." And here's why. Yeah, you know. I mean, the one thing I learned from my big Atlanta trip um, in college with a bunch of photographers, we met with tons of like studio photographers, mm-hmm. and every single one said almost the same thing: whatever's the trend, go away. Yeah, go away from the trend, and you'll be successful. And that's the moral of this episode of a podcast. Thank you for joining me, Brady. Um, maybe we can go fly the drone at night. Let's try it. I need I need to charge up a battery or two. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we can fly mine. I've got a charge battery. Uh, do you have a blinker? Collision blinker? No. Oh. Uh, Let's cut that part out. You know, illegal uh, drone flying. Um, uh, yeah, no, no, no. We'll we'll put a blinker on it. I, you know, we'll take care of it. We're, we're both we, registered and licensed. Yes. Do yeah. not do not fly a drone illegally, people. The FAA will come get you, take you from your home, and uh, hide your kids, hide your wives. Because the FAA is coming. Uh, for you specifically anyway so you can find brady jordan on at what is it r brady jordan r-b-r-a-d-y-j-o-r-d-a-n on instagram and tiktok and clip clip play tv on youtube uh and of course you can find me at sam thickman photography on instagram as usual so thank you guys for joining this podcast i hope you liked it it was a little long or if it's not it means i cut it so we'll see you next time hopefully of higher production value Goodbye.